What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we've got a great show for you today. Dave Richard from CBS Sports comes on. We talk finally about some football. It's been a long time without sports. This should be, we should be right in the middle of March Madness right now, so it, it hurt a little bit different today. Um, the, the games, I guess, will be starting on, should have been starting on Thursday. So uh, it's, it's a little bit of a tough time, but luckily we have some blockbuster trades in the NFL. A lot of free agent movements to talk about. Great conversation with him. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a three, 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash podcast to get started today. And now our interview with Dave Richard. We are now joined by Dave Richard, CBS Sports NFL analyst. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent, Jonathan. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. A little... Uh, a little bored recently. Uh, well, not as far as two days ago. Now that we finally have some some football going on, some NFL news. Well, not necessarily football, but we're talking about football, which is just almost as exciting, in my opinion. I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of things happened this past two days uh, in in the NFL world. What's what's your most surprising thing? What's something that caught you off guard uh, as far uh, as yeah, trades or free agents? Oh yeah, Hopkins getting mm-hmm. traded. What was that like? I, I get that Houston might have been a little bit cautious about giving him a really wealthy extension, but he's one of the best receivers in football. Of course, he's going to want to get paid like like Michael Thomas would, and Houston should have wanted to pay him that. And uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't have been surprised if they had gotten a first round pick and maybe a third round pick with it, but to get just a two and David Johnson to think that David Johnson's worth, you know, something significant. I, it's, it's stunning. That trade was a stunner. Yeah. And what made it worse is literally what six or seven hours later, Stefan Diggs went for a lot more than, than what they got out of DeAndre Hopkins. And I mean, uh, Stefan Diggs is probably a top 10 wide receiver, but DeAndre Hopkins is in that class where, uh, he's he's well worth it to any team that could and you and you stick with him and you pay him what he's worth. Uh, but what what can we expect out of David Johnson? Because obviously um, the Texans have had some running back struggles, but we can't we can't expect him to solve their all their problems, right? Well, I don't know if he can solve his own problems. Remember last year after he came back from from getting hurt, he looked as slow as molasses. Mm-hmm. It was it was frustrating. Um, because people held on to him while he wasn't playing, and then they traded for Kenyon Drake, and you know he finally does come back. And, and man, he he was rough to watch. I went back and watched his very first game of last year, and there's a play where he's running as hard as he can to get to the edge to try and score on like a like a, it's almost like a sweep play, a toss sweep uh, for a touchdown, and he almost gets it. He doesn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the speed is there anymore for him. And the opportunity is is okay. I mean, Carlos Hyde had a bunch of uh, d- decent numbers. I can't say that they're great numbers. He had, I want to say he had 16 carries inside the 10 last year. That's not so bad. I, I think that you'll, you'll David Johnson's going to need to prove that he can regain his old form. And we're not going to really know that until training camp comes around. And until we get reports out of Houston about David Johnson looking good, looking great. 
He won't be the every down guy. Duke Johnson's going to help him out in that offense. It's it's not great. Not great. I, I, I think people I've got him ranked as a round five player, but I'm not I don't feel so good about it. And once these rookies get drafted, I'm sure that that'll push David Johnson even further down, probably into round six or round seven. I would I would say that if we can get eleven hundred total yards out of him with six or seven touchdowns, that would be that would almost be too good to be true. Like if, if that was the expectation, Jonathan, I think we'd draft him sooner than round six. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that he could come in under that and uh, disappoint, but we'll we'll see what he looks like come August. Yeah, and the one thing that I mean, it's hard to justify. Like I think this is one of the few trades in the NFL that universally is like, yeah, this was an, a dumb trade, like idiotic. Like what were they thinking? <laughs> and the the one thing you could say, I mean, even just to play devil's advocate, which. I'm having a hard time doing is you could say, well, they still have Will Fuller. They signed Randall Cobb, but Will Fuller was effective uh, for creating opportunities for DeAndre Hopkins. Who knows? You know, obviously there's health concerns and uh, that sort of thing. But we saw in in games like there's there's that play where he ran that fake curl route or that fake uh, screen route. And then in the playoffs, I I believe it was against the the Chiefs and they had that that fly for a touchdown. Uh, But. He he can't be the decoy if he's the number one option at this point. So who who is Deion or excuse me who is Deshaun Watson's go to guy here? I don't think he's got one. I think you're going to see them spread the ball quite a bit. They're going to they can't count on Fuller to be that guy. Maybe when he's healthy he'll be that guy. But I I I don't think they've got a number one dude. The fact that they replaced Hopkins at least with a with a spot on the roster with Randall Cobb. It's just hysterical. That's just that makes the whole thing uglier than it is. Maybe there's a chance here for Kenny Stills. Maybe there's an opportunity where Stills becomes a decent value pick um, right around the midpoint of fantasy drafts. And he just kind of finds his way to being the number one guy based on Fuller being on and off the field. No one else being a, a reliable target. Certainly he's got speed. We can say that about Kenny Stills. But it's it's not like you can draft him and say, okay, he's going to be a surefire number two fantasy receiver for me. He's going to be a really good bench receiver. Maybe you could talk me into him being a number three guy in a non PPR league. Maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't I don't think that there's a ton of upside there. This is a team that should take advantage of the depth at receiver in this draft class, Jonathan, and look at somebody in round two. Like, you know, T. Higgins, there's all this talk about him going in round one. I don't know if he's a round one guy. If he's on the board when Houston's up in round two, they should take him and hope that they can turn him into 60% of what DeAndre Hopkins was last year. And that would be a win for them. In, to, a, to, to a degree, it would be a win for them because they're going to get a cheaper receiver who's not as good as Hopkins, but he can serve a role, and, and that would help their depth at the position. Um, and he would do it at a cheaper price than what DeAndre Hopkins would have cost them had he held out. Yeah, and, and there's going to be a lot of, like you said, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers in round two, guys that are top tier, like you mentioned T. Higgins, also Denzel Mims, Brandon Ayuk, maybe even LaVisca Chenault drops that far. I mean, you, they have to they have to. Oh, go yeah, receiver. he will for sure. They, they have yeah. to go receiver or else, like you said, it's th- at this point there's no way to win this trade. It's just salvage what's left. And getting a wide receiver round two is going to go a long way in salvaging them. And obviously they've, you know, they've got to pay Deshaun Watson, they've got to pay Laramie Tunzel, but 
I mean, you yeah. gotta you gotta break op- open the bank when necessary. Um, you know, and and when you when you put it like that, first of all, adding a receiver, hopefully it's somebody who works out for Houston, and that helps Deshaun Watson, whose value has taken a hit with Hopkins leaving. But when you put it in terms of they got to pay Tunsil, and they absolutely have to pay Tunsil after what they gave up to get him, mm-hmm. and they have to pay Deshaun Watson, it you know now you're you're kind of talking um, sensibly because do they have enough money to pay Tunsil and make him the highest paid tackle, which is probably what he's going to be, Watson to make him one of the top five highest paid quarterbacks, and Hopkins to make him you know one of the top three highest paid receivers. That's tough on your salary cap. So this this probably wasn't a talent issue as much as it was a math issue. I just I I would just like to think that Houston should have been able to get more than what Arizona ponied up to get uh, to get Hopkins. Yeah, definitely. Because well, Stephon Diggs had made his displeasure known the entire year. Like he wanted out, and that obviously decreases your trade value. And the fact that they were able to turn him for what was it like a, a first? Trying to remember first. Oh goodness, it was like a whole bushel. Yeah, it was basically an entire entire draft class. It felt like, or at least the the back half of the rounds in a first. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins, we didn't know he wanted a new contract. We didn't know the Texans weren't willing to pay him that new contract, and they still couldn't shell out more. Yeah, like you said, it's not. I mean, the idea of okay, if you don't want to pay him because you've got other guys to pay, that's fine. But the fact that we didn't know that, like no NFL team knew that, should should have made his value a lot higher than what they got for him. I, I agree, um, but that's just not the way that it worked out. Yeah, Un- so, un- unfortunately, can't can't uh, can't go back. Well, it's it's really going to be unfortunate for for Texans fans, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are going to be the most frustrated because they loved watching that guy play and and being huge for them. Mm-hmm. So that part stinks. Yeah, definitely. And let's move on to another trade here. So I'm a so I'm a Colts fan. I figure I'll get that out of the way to you. Uh, okay. I, I was a little disappointed that we weren't able to fleece um, the 49ers. Uh, obviously, love to force Buckner. Getting him on our defensive line is fantastic. Pairing him with who we've already got and who we're probably going to draft this year. Um, very exciting. Just that front, basically that front seven is young and energetic and really talented. Um, do you think now that the Colts are, because uh, there were rumors they were going to go quarterback, they obviously signed Phillip Rivers here. Where, where do you think they move uh, in the draft? And what do you think of this trade? What do you think of the Phillip Rivers signing? Just as an unbiased, like, outsider opinion, I want to get your your take sure. on what the Colts have done so far. I do think they may have paid a tad too much for DeForest Buckner, but he's, he's worth a first-round pick, particularly this year, because the draft class does not have a lot of good talent at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. There's literally, like, two guys that could be day one starters at defensive tackle, specifically defensive tackle. And they might not necessarily even be three technique guys like DeForest Buckner is. I I think they had to make the move to shore up their run defense because they're in a division with Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry and now David Johnson for whatever that's worth. Mm -hmm. So they needed to do something to make sure that they could really clamp down on the run. And now they've got this big beast in the middle. He can, he can play all three downs. He's going to be the centerpiece of that defensive line and he'll be able to help keep Darius Leonard clean. It's a huge get for Indianapolis. And I really, really like it a lot. Um, I just, I, I almost wish that they had gotten a pick back with Buckner. Like could they have gotten Buckner in a third for their first? And that might've made it a little bit better. And now they're going to kick the can on uh on their on their quarterback decision 
maybe they end up drafting a guy and I don't even know if they have a second round pick off the top of my head. I would have to ask a diehard. Yeah, Colts we've fan. got we've Jonathan, got two. You, you've got two teams, right? <laughs> so we've got the Redskins second, and we've got our own second. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe if 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 things break right, you could be in line for uh, Jake Fromm or Jalen Hurts. I don't know if Hurts really is exactly the type of quarterback that Frank Reich would go for. Fromm might be. And I don't even know if he would do that because you got Philip Rivers for a year and you can always re-sign him after this year because I don't think Rivers is really going to you know, be in hot, hot demand. He'll be in some demand potentially, but I, I, I think you've got a chance here to, to make a playoff run and Buckner's a huge part of that. Um, and, and I like that they were aggressive enough to give up the one for him. I'm not quite sold on Herbert or Love as franchise quarterbacks i think they're they're potentially good um so i I don't mind it you got you got a great franchise player and you paid them and and now you've got a you know another really good piece for that defensive front yeah and and it gives us a lot of flexibility too i mean obviously i i agree with what you're saying the force buckner the thing that caught me by surprise was it was just straight up like a first first for him i mean he's definitely a talented player uh like you said you, you know uh but i was i was worried that we kind of gave up too much capital because obviously at this point in the draft where we were, where we sat, we could have traded back if we felt the need to, we could have taken a receiver. We could have taken oh, some of the, like Clavon chase on Javon Kinlaw, one of those guys. Um, but obviously getting just, getting just a force Buckner. Like if we could go out and draft 25 year old, the force Buckner and pay him 20 million, I think 90% of the teams in the league would do that. And the other 10%, uh, you know, are, are the Houston Texans. But I was exactly, I was just about to say something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh man. That's uh, fantastic. On, on the same page. We are on the same page right here. But yeah, obviously like I trust Chris Ballard. I, there was some, there was a tweet yeah. I saw where it's like, he turned our last three first round picks into DeForest Buckner, Jordan Wilkins, Quinton Nelson, uh, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith, like all impact starters on our team with just those three picks. It was about six guys. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I mean, I'm trusting Chris Ballard on this one. Philip Rivers, we sign him for a year. If it doesn't work out, whatever, no big deal. We can we can get back out there and find another quarterback. I am disappointed, and this will be our transition into the next topic, that we didn't go after Jameis Winston. He's been a guy that I've been eyeing ever since Jacoby Brissett started to fall off a cliff. I wanted to, uh, I wanted him for the Colts, and now Tom Brady signed with the Bucks. So that kind of leaves Jameis Winston as the odd man out. So we'll talk about Tom Brady in a second. But where are some potential landing spots for Jameis Winston? And is he still, do you think he's still a starter in the NFL? When, when the NFL doesn't rush to, to, to make you a, a starting quarterback, that says something. Those are 32 head coaches, 32 talent evaluators, 32 player personnel departments that are saying, nah. And, 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 and with Jameis, it's, it's, it's much more than throwing 30 interceptions in a year. He's been in the league for five seasons. He's only had one year as a winning quarterback. And that's, I think it was the second season. He went nine and seven. So he was one game over 500. That's the type of stat that matters to football teams. They don't care about fantasy points. They don't look at the 5,100 yards that he threw and go, oh, God, he's got to find a starting job. They look at how much he's lost and how he turns the ball over. And, you know, maybe he's got a reputation for um, 
not taking football as seriously as other quarterbacks. Who knows if that's even legitimate or not? It's it, it's something that might be out there with Jameis. I, I know he's trying to get himself into shape. His shape matters too. He's been out of shape before. Um, I, I think that people in the league just don't view him as a quality winner. And if, if, if that's your reputation, you're going to have a hard time finding a job, especially if you're a quarterback. That quarterback needs to be a leader of the team. The quarterback has to be a winner. The quarterback has to be a guy that you can trust to, to bring it back when you're down by one score in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if Jameis checks all those boxes. Do I think he can still be a starter in this league? I, yeah. I, I think by default right now, pre-draft, he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in football. Yeah. I'd have to sit back and think a little bit. I'd have to sit back and think a little bit post-draft if he would be that guy. Like I would take Burrow ahead of him. Mm. Uh, provided that two is healthy, I would take Tua ahead of him. Um, I would have to really think about And you just heard me talk about Justin Herbert and Jordan Love and how I'm not sure if they're franchise guys. I'd have to think about if they're better or worse than Jameis, but the fact that I can't snap say, oh, Jameis is definitely better, should tell you something. So Jameis is going to be toward the bottom of that top 32 list if he's on the top 32 list at all. You know, you see what the Patriots have at quarterback right now with Stidham, and Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback in L.A. with the Chargers. And yeah, Jameis is probably better than those guys. But I, those are clearly two franchises that don't want to spend a lot of money to get Jameis Winston to come in there and lose games for them. And they can lose games with Tyrod Taylor or Jared Sidham. They don't need Jameis Winston if they're going to lose games. Well, the one interesting thing, this is my this is my theory uh, that I have with this. And uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll talk a little bit about Jameis first. So we've I don't know if you've been if you've heard uh, on Twitter about a guy, Jameis one of one. No. No, okay. He's uh he's basically he wrote a book is like 100 100 or so pages on why uh media negative media bias uh causes us to overlook the start of an NFL Hall of Fame career. So I had him on the podcast, very interesting guy, had a conversation. Huh. Um so we've turned we're now a pro we're a pro Jameis Winston podcast. Um and Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that uh if I should have said that or not. You, you didn't seem you didn't seem too pleased. You're ready to. No, it's <laughs> intriguing. And I think it's always worth having the conversation. So, yeah, the, the one thing I keep coming back to is you look at the team that was built around him and you can say, oh, well, he had the two, two of the, like he has the best wide receiver duo in the league or had in Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans. Um, but the one interesting thing that I keep coming back to is you look at his defense. They just started to come around this year. I mean, obviously, uh, they, they had a couple guys with career years. Um, and their offensive line, poor Ronald Jones. That's another, like, is he a starting running back? I don't really know. Uh, they, they fiddled around with that a lot. But obviously Jameis Winston put up big numbers, and he didn't always uh, lead them in, in close games to victories, and he threw a lot of interceptions. But I think he's a, the type of guy worth taking a chance on. If, if he goes to a place with a set, uh, a set system, with a decent offensive line, with a game plan that helps him succeed, uh, and a defense that can support him. I mean, I think right now, in my opinion, he's middle of the pack right now as far as quarterback go. Like he he'd be 14 or 15 um, out of the quarterbacks we've seen in the league so far because he's a high risk, high reward guy, right? Like he's going to take a lot of chances, um, and sometimes it pays off. And especially with Mike Evans, it pays off more often than not. Um, but my theory is that Bill Belichick says, "All right, 
you took Tom Brady from me for the Bucks, and he'll say, okay, let me take Jameis Winston, and I'll turn him into a Hall of Fame quarterback, start a new dynasty. What do you, what do you think about that conspiracy theory? I think that that is not out of the realm of possibilities, but uh, there are going to be a lot of factors. What type of a contract is Jameis interested in? Um, how, how coachable is he? And I would wonder if that's something that we don't know the, the answer to definitively. Mm-hmm. But you, you think about all the coaches he's had, um, from Bubby Smith to Dirk Cutter and then Bruce Arians. And, you know, two of them got fired from Tampa Bay, and the third one is still there, and he just let him go after one year of being with him. And he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. That's Bruce Arians' name. So I could, could the Patriots be painted into a corner where they get Jameis Winston – and give him uh, the starting job. I guess it's possible. Like if, if somebody else ends up getting Andy Dalton, for example, I think the Patriots would prefer Dalton because I think that they view him as more coachable. And when you were running down all your points on Jameis Winston and you know having the good team around him and all that other stuff, the two thoughts I had were: well, one, how much was Jameis helped by his supporting cast on offense, the receivers that he has, and two. Jameis does not have a tremendous track record of, you know, fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives. He has seven fourth quarter comebacks in his career. He's got 11 game winning drives in his career. He's been in the league five years. He started 70 games. So it, it, it can, it would concern me as a coach, especially if I were a coach on thin ice, you know, like we, what we might have in LA with Anthony Lynn, Mm -hmm. Uh, Belichick isn't on thin ice, so that's a little bit of a different story. Belichick could go and get Jameis, but is it going to be a one-year, $20 million deal? Is that really – is that worth it? Is that what you want? And then are you sure that you're going to get Jameis Winston to follow your every direction, um, even late in games, and you're going to count on him to make good reads when he hasn't been able to do that for – you know, he, he well, I can't say he hasn't been able to do that. He's been very – inconsistent in doing that over the course of his career plus if you bring him into indianapolis or to new england rather the weapons around him aren't going to be as good as what he had in tampa bay last year so can he elevate Nikhil harry and uh jacoby myers because i think edelman is who he is will he know to lean on edelman you know will he trust the tight ends can he get rid of the ball as quickly as brady there, there are just so many questions, and I think that the evaluators around the NFL have seen enough from Jameis over the last five seasons to where they're not comfortable making him their guy. So it's funny that you mentioned that uh, whether or not he, how much he was helped by uh, his wide receivers. I'm, we're gonna, I'm just gonna leave it with this thing, and then we'll move on because I don't want to spend okay. half the podcast talking about Jameis. But uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both went down with injuries towards the end of the year, and Brashad Perryman became. Basically, Jameis, Jameis is number one receiver. So the whole year, hadn't had a game over 100 yards, and his last three uh, being basically the number two or number one receiver for the Bucks, he rec- uh, recorded uh, over 100 yards in each of those three games and also caught four touchdowns in that span. And, and it was the best stretch of his career, Yeah, hands down. Yeah, and basically probably is going to get him a pretty nice contract with some team that takes a look and is like, hey, this really could be, could be that guy. So I, for me at least, I think it's worth taking the chance, especially for teams that, like the Patriots, may be, like you said, backed into a corner a little bit. Tom Brady's gone. 
is Jared Stidham ready to go after just one year of backing up Brady? I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, if a team's got that money, might as well take the chance. It would be fascinating if he went to New England. Yeah, quite definitely quite the story for sure. But now let's talk the big free agent in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. So oh yeah, crazy. I mean, this basically the Buccaneers, uh, uh, as far as media goes, went from you know middle of the pack eight and eight team to now NFC favorites. Like I don't I don't understand. Uh, you know, it just speaks to how good people believe Tom Brady still is at 42 years old that he can turn this group of guys into. Uh, what they're saying is one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. Are you buying the hype on how great these Bucks will be with Tom Brady at quarterback? I think they'll be. I think they'll certainly be more competitive and, and have a chance at a winning record. I don't think Brady's going to turn the ball over nearly as much. I think he's smarter with the football. Mm, and definitely. I'm. I'm. And I am not. I am not in the camp of Brady's arm is toast. He still can. He he's got a he still can throw it downfield pretty far. Uh, I went back and watched his game against Tennessee. There, there's a hail mary at the end of the first half and uh, a deep shot play in the fourth quarter. Both throws over 50 yards in the air. So he can still get the ball down. It, the question is, can he throw with high velocity and accuracy to the sidelines on a consistent basis? And I think that there's going to be uh, a little bit of inconsistency there. But I'm not sure that it's going to be enough to, to make him a, a detriment to Tampa Bay's offense. And I also think that Bruce Arians is going to be excited to have Brady there, and he's going to want to let him have let it rip. He's, he's going to want to have him throw the ball all mm-hmm. over the place. Yeah. So I, I – and then Brady threw over 600 times last year. I, I know the age is, is very detrimental. There are people certainly in fantasy leagues that are going to be scared to death of taking Brady because he's going to be so old. But – I think the, the receivers that he has and the receivers that he might add, there's talk that Antonio Brown could join him. Holy moly. He'll be surrounded by an amazing supporting cast and could really be in line for a monster bounce back year. Uh, I have him ranked 12th among fantasy quarterbacks, and I believe that I'm going to be the lowest on him on our CBS site. Uh, I think that my colleagues like him better than I do. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna probably take him sooner than I would. They don't see as much downside as I do. Uh, I think he's 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 a starting caliber fantasy quarterback to begin the season, but I'd prefer to have another quarterback with him. And I don't know if 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 people don't like carrying two quarterbacks, they're probably going to be interested in taking somebody ahead of Brady, um, whether it's Rodgers, and and that's contingent on the Packers adding another receiver or Stafford, and that's contingent on the Lions' uh, run game not getting significantly better this off season. I, I think that there there is a chance for Brady to be top 10 and to finish top 10. But I'd try and draft him right around the 12th at the position if I could. I think he'll be significantly better than he was last year. And I think his receivers will be top 10 this year, both Godwin and Evans. Yeah, I mean, if they add Antonio Brown, that would just be insane. Uh, that I, would be insane. That, that would also certainly impact Godwin and Evans. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, the one thing I feel like people aren't talking about uh, that is getting extremely overlooked in this whole move, and probably one of the biggest reasons why Tom Brady went there is that combination of O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. I mean, throughout throughout his his time at um, in New England, Tom Brady loves his tight ends. I mean, he's had Benjamin Watson, Rob Gronkowski, two, you know, in my opinion, Hall of Fame guys. Well, obviously, uh, Gronk's record speaks for himself. You can say what you want about Ben Watson, 
But now he's got a chance to do, you know, in, in what was it, 2014 or so when it was Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. He can have that. Those guys have that same kind of impact. I mean, the Patriots wanted O.J. Howard at the trade deadline because he wasn't really effective in Bruce Arians' style of offense. Um, so it's a guy that I'm assuming Tom Brady wants to throw the ball to. Uh, and Cameron Bray is just the definition of consistency. He's a grinder. You know, he does he does a little stuff, and he'll be able to catch a lot of passes. I mean, this group together is going to be great. I think the the thing that sucks for Jameis, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring it back, but uh, we're, we're going to okay. bring it back anyways. This uh, is this is a pro Jameis podcast. That's right? right. Yeah, we we have to we have to support him. Uh, is that finally for the first time in his in the in his time as a quarterback in the NFL, the Bucks are going to do something about that offensive line and maybe you know either trade up to get a tackle or or see who's left. Uh, and it'll be a solid line. I think they'll they'll somehow piece it together because. I mean, they know, you know, Jameis Winston at 23-24 uh, can take a lot more hits than a 42-year-old Tom Brady. Sure, and and that line wasn't terrible last year. Pro Football Focus had it rated uh, 10th in pass blocking, 15th in run blocking. So uh, they'll add a tackle, and they'll probably get another guard for depth, or at least an interior lineman for depth. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they've got to protect Brady now. They don't have a choice. Yeah, They brought him in. They're going to invest in him can't have him run for his life because he can't he can't do that <laughs> he, he won't do very that very true. often yeah yeah uh so we're gonna let you go here in just a little bit i want to talk to you uh just give me give me a couple guys that you've seen so far that have have uh moved to new teams that we're not really talking about a whole ton but you think are going to be big difference makers for for their their new squad well let's start with hayden hurst who's going from Baltimore, where he was effectively the number three tight end, and they use their tight ends a lot there. But he was their number three guy, and he's got a very, very realistic shot of being the number one guy for Atlanta. Clearly, he's the replacement for Austin Hooper. And tight end is a big integral part of that offense in Atlanta. Hurst is a little bit faster than Hooper. That's what I've gleaned from watching film. And I think that he can fit into that role pretty well. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was 70% of what Austin Hooper's production was, maybe a little bit better than that. And uh, wouldn't surprise me if, if he may have more total yards and catches than Hooper in 2019. I think the touchdowns will probably favor Hooper in Cleveland. But Hayden Hurst is someone who went from off the fantasy radar to, well, now maybe he's a round 11 pick. And by the time we get to August, it could be more of a round nine or 10 pick if he's got some hype around him. So I think that that was a really good move for him. I think that helped him quite a bit. Um, Brady moving teams was, was obviously significant. Um, Jordan Howard, we'll, we'll see who the dolphins add at running back there, but he could begin the season as their lead running back. Um, I feel like I'm blanking. I feel like maybe there's somebody who's like super obvious that, uh, that, that, that I should be talking about here. Um, Hopkins is still a stud. You know, Kenyon Drake lost 220 pounds. He, he he saw David Johnson go to Houston. Yeah. So that's that's going to be really good for his fantasy value too. Um. Oh, actually, now that you mentioned Austin Hooper, I did want to ask you about the Browns. So uh, signed Austin Hooper, gave him a lot of money, and also signed Jack Conklin, and which was their number one thing was getting Baker Mayfield some protection. He has to have it. Slowly but surely, the hype train is building up for the Browns again. Are you on that train, or are you uh, waiting at the station? I'm waiting at the station 
in terms of fantasy, I don't think Mayfield is going to be one of those top 12 quarterbacks. Um, certainly think Brady is worth a pick ahead of Baker Mayfield. But if you go back and look at Mayfield's two seasons in the NFL, 35% of his touchdowns have gone to tight ends. And my hunch is that this, this new coaching staff uh, doesn't want to trust in David Njoku like other coaching staffs prior did. And getting Hooper gives them a much more reliable tight end who can be effective in the red zone. He did that in Atlanta. And double coverage won't be a real big thing for him. It's just a matter of how many catches and yards that he gets because those numbers could go to Landry and Beckham. And I think that this is going to be a team in Cleveland that runs the ball more than they did last year. I think that's going to be a staple of what they do. Um, Stefanski is a West Coast offense guy. They've got two really good running backs. When they improve this offensive line to protect Baker, they're also improving it to run the football. I I think Chubb is going to be a good fantasy running back. I would expect him to be um, close to a first-round pick, maybe even a first-round pick in leagues where catches do not count. And I I would envision the Browns being a little more conservative than they've been in the past, but still potent. Maybe they average around 23 points per game. Hooper might leave them in touchdowns, though. Yeah, well, that's the thing is Nick Chubb had a great year last year, and Freddie Kitchens, it felt like he just did not want to run the ball. Like, that was his last resort. But now bringing in Stefanski, obviously for the Vikings, they love to run the ball out in Minnesota. Love to use two tight ends, which is great now that they've got the two. Um, I feel like their their biggest issue now is, is if they can't put it into place, you're going to have a lot of personalities on that team for another year very unhappy. Like, it's just going to double double the uh, frustration for them they'll they'll have to blow it up and that'll be awkward yeah it's you big, know i mean they won't year. baker will still get his opportunities but they'll they'll have to blow it up and and i'm i'm concerned about odell not just because of the whole you know the 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 projection that they run the ball more and that they're bringing in austin hooper but also because he's been banged up each of the last three years and it feels like w- when people talk about drafting odell beckham they're doing it off the strength of what he did in his first three seasons with the Giants mm-hmm. and not what he's done the past three seasons with the Giants and Browns. So I, I'm probably not going to have Odell on many of my teams. And we know that Landry's coming back from uh, the hip surgery. We'll see how healthy he is. He could end up being a good value pick in fantasy drafts. Um, and it's all the more reason why Hooper, you know, maybe I'm wrong on Hooper. Maybe there's an opportunity there for him to, to, to get off to a good start this season because if Landry's not there, he'd effectively be the number two receiver. Yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of targets, but with a lot of targets comes a lot of uh, need and, and want for that football. Uh, Dave, I think that's all the time we've got here. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great to talk a little bit free agent and uh, fantasy football with you. It was fun, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, you can follow him uh, on Twitter, at Dave Richard. And also you do uh, video and stuff for CBS. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, just what, what yeah, where a- you're at? Absolutely. We have a 24-7 streaming channel called CBS Sports HQ. Totally free. You don't even have to sign up for it. You just go to cbssportshq.com, and you just start watching, and you get all the sports news and analysis and fantasy analysis and gambling picks all for free 24 7 365 it's it's awesome i'm really proud to be a part of it and uh all you have to do cbs sports hq.com or the free cbs sports app
Yeah, and we have a lot of time, like a, a lot of time uh, on our hands, what it seems like for these next few weeks, maybe even months. So be sure to check that out. It's never too early to start planning for fantasy football. I know never. I'm I'm already taking a peek at it. Uh, anything I can to get a leg up. But yeah, thanks so much. And we'll definitely have to have you on again sometime, Dave. Looking forward to it, Jonathan. Thank you. All right. We are now joined with Hayden Cheryl. Hayden Cheryl's come on the podcast through the phone. Because I'm back. Of- because of this guess who's back because this back coronavirus but luckily that means that we have time to talk about super important issues like the finale of the bachelor so yes. really Second great most important issue on the planet right now i think so yeah no that i would i would put it in i mean there's well, no sport so really third, is the issue third technically uh nfl free agency, free agency. would be two yeah. and then the That's bachelor's fair. three but before we get into that i talked at the beginning of the show brought to you by audible so we got to talk about it a little bit more Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash vanityurl to get started today. Now, obviously, besides listening to this podcast, what better way to spend this quarantine, this little break, a little hiatus from work? That's a big word, actually, I've heard people use, hiatus. Yeah, hiatus That's really is really popular. Is a, is, it, it, I think it comforts people. I think yeah. people like hiatus as like a like it sounds like a bettering yourself break. Yeah, exactly. So They're during like, oh yeah, like he's taking a little hiatus from his big pharmaceutical company to be with his family. Exactly. So during That's this, what we're doing right now. during this hiatus, you guys should go to audibletrial.com/ngl/podcast. Give Audible a go. Maybe you'll actually stick with it. But they're giving you one book. Like you just try it out, pick any book you want to. It could be a book about sports because you miss um, the game so much. It could be a or, great book about pandemics. It could be, yeah. It could be on disease, on uh, disease prevention, anything like that. It could be like a novel. You know, like is there a um, what is that one movie? Uh, shoot, the really with the really infection. Like, what is it? Oh, I'm I'm totally blanking. You know that one popular movie. That like everybody's like that one oh. popular movie, yeah, 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 yeah. about that like a, a disease, like a disease that like take I I don't know. Shoot, World War Z. Everybody, everybody at home is like it's this. Uh, but no, I don't think anybody at home is like that. No, no. they know what I'm talking about. You may they know. know. They know. I just I just don't. Yeah. I'm not at home right now. Actually. Oh, okay, that's probably why. Okay, yeah, that's that's oh, true. But yeah, I'll listen later. So we've got some some good stuff to talk about with the Bachelor. You and I, we watched it together almost. Well, like it was kind of off and on. So that's why it's a little bit. I think the, the finale was like, what, two weeks ago or three weeks ago? But we just yeah, watched it this ago. weekend. So what better time than right now to get into it, right? During the hiatus. Yeah, Yeah, during our during our hiatus. Well, first off, I just want to say uh, Peter got everything that he deserved. That's that's my universal take on the bachelor. Well, I mean, I think just to be clear here, we both hate Peter. I yeah. don't think there's anyone in this planet besides Peter. Not even Peter's mom. Literally, no, no one's team Peter. No, yeah, no Peter's one is team Peter. Seems like he's team Peter. Maybe just Peter's brother. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, exactly. It could be just Peter's brother. But like from the beginning, like we we saw it from the from the get go. Like he was constantly like making out with a ton of the girls, feeding into their drama. Like Colton last year. I mean, I've only watched two seasons, so I only have one point of reference for how a bachelor should act but colton there was any sort of drama he sent both those girls home like there was none of that but peter kind of leaned into it a little bit and oh yeah he liked well he liked being fought over exactly yeah it kind of boosted his ego a little bit uh but i feel like the big 
I mean, there were there were a couple girls that I would say were solid wife material. I mean, we've talked about it before. Kelly, um, at least two. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly and Madison, they were really good. Uh, just solid people, especially you know, uh, Madison had a, a base in faith, which is you know a good thing to go off of. Especially, I mean, honestly though, that's like half the demographic of like the Bachelor watchers. It's, it's like yeah, it's it's like, it's it's like it's, it's middle middle aged like Southern women. Uh, yes. You know, basically, uh, my mom, but she doesn't watch it. Well, she used to. Oh, so it technically, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, the big issue really came down to the that final during the fantasy suites, right? When when Madison said that that uh, she didn't want or she would have a hard time moving forward if Peter slept with anybody. Yes. And then he went and slept with the other two girls. Everybody, literally yeah, everybody, literally everybody else besides Madison. And yeah, I, yeah, I mean. Madison should have told him earlier, I think, because, you know, we know Peter. Yeah, I, I think that was a little unfair to Peter to spring it on him because I think he would have loved to have eliminated her so he could sleep with one more uh, woman. Yeah, exactly. I think that would have been key for him. And also probably would have – he'd probably be engaged right now if, uh, if she would have told him earlier. Yeah, maybe. There's, there's honestly a very good chance I'm not blaming her. I'm no, not blaming yeah. her, but she could have played it better. I mean, we all – everyone knew that the one thing Peter was looking forward to was his fantasy suite. And by saying like, I'm pretty sure that's the reason he did the season. Actually, I, there, there's that a really the good there's a season. really good chance he was the bachelor just for that. But you know, yeah, like we said, he went in there and slept with the other two girls, um, and he was confused that Madison had a problem with that. You know, like he just couldn't wrap his head around. Like Everybody he apologized. Was, apparently, yeah, he apologized, but they just he just couldn't wrap around wrap his mind around the fact that somebody like has morals and actually sticks to them. You know. Just the room for a loop. Well, oh. as we know, I'm not trying to jump ahead too much, but as we know, Peter does like to frequent the bars and take home a variety of women. That is true. So uh, I just don't think it matched up very well. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked out um, in in the long run in total. But yeah, so then after that, he Madison leaves, comes back, gets a rose, le- then then leaves again for good. I don't know. It was a very like confusing back and forth. Like oh, this yeah. whole this whole ending. Like she should have just left. Yeah, she should have left from the said, beginning and and stuck with it. But but I think she did like Peter, which is tough. Yeah, that that made it difficult. And I think he liked her too. But yeah. he went. He had a weird way of going about it. Like last, well, he liked her with a low maturity level. Yeah, last season Colton, uh, like had you know he knew Cassie was the one, and so he didn't even like he couldn't even get through his third fantasy suite with with. Hannah G, he was just like, no, like Cassie's the girl for me. Which I mean, sex for Hannah G, but it's good that that he knew that, you know. And that was ba- is literally in the long run, it's better. It was literally the opposite of of what Peter did. Yes. Like it couldn't have, it, yeah. It was just polar opposites the way they chose it. But imagine, imagine Madison and Colton. That that would be a really good pairing. I think Madison went on one season too late. I think they would have been. It, I think, I think they would have been. They would. I think they would have been great together. Honestly. Yeah. But my favorite part of the whole season. So yeah. Anyways, for those of you who didn't, who hadn't seen it, uh, Madison leaves again. Then uh, Peter's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know where my feelings are at. And then he says, All right, I guess I'll just get engaged to Hannah Ann. Because that's I guess I guess I'll just get way. engaged. Yeah, that's the way to solve it. And so she is ecstatic over the moon. And I mean, he was he was still very conflicted. And then a month later, he breaks it off. And Hannah Ann, I got to give her props. Initially, I went into it thinking that. She was she was here for the wrong reasons, and that she was just there uh, to to get some notoriety. Maybe you thought get some... she was just a gamer. 
I thought she was playing the game. I thought I really thought she was. And then Peter sits her down and says, "Look, I'm starting to to rethink uh, this whole thing." And either she put together one of the best acting performances The Bachelor's ever seen, or she was genuinely hurt by that. Uh, and I'm not sure which, but I don't know. Like, I mean, doesn't we, matter. Yeah, okay. it does. It doesn't matter at this point. Like, <laughs> at this point, you know, she said what she needed to do. Basically, said you took that away from me, like being able to be proposed to for the first time. And I was shoot. Uh, and Peter's mom was clapping in the in the audience when she said that. What's that yeah, one? She's definitely Team Hannah Ann. In that, case, so for our listeners, Peter's mom is Team Hannah Ann. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, because that yeah, because we didn't even talk about Barb at all. So no, it's time. I think it's time. For, well, so we Madison, need to, no, 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 we need to progress. Madison went to was the first the first date rose, and during that date they went to Peter's parents' vow renewal. So they knew who she was even before hometowns and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But and we assumed there were, there was this iconic scene that they kept showing over and over again, where it was Barb, Peter's mom, saying "Don't let her go," like choking back tears. And we assumed that it was about Madison, but shock of the century, it was about Hannah Ann. But uh, yeah, and then all then all of a sudden, I don't even know how how it all went down. Really, it does. It still doesn't make sense to me. But Hannah Ann came, or Madison came back, and then they basically uh, Hannah Ann and Peter didn't talk for like a month mm-hmm. after they got engaged. For some reason, they just didn't talk after the show. So then they didn't talk for a month. Then Peter has Hannah Ann over, breaks it off with her. That's the big emotional thing where she just slams him like the little boy he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Peter decides, well, let's see if Madison will have me back. So then he goes and asks Madison not to marry him. I don't, he didn't propose, did he? No, I, I don't think so. No, but oh, wasn't he, it Chris Harrison that went and visited her and was like, yes. hey, Peter still got feelings for you. Ultimate bro move from Chris Harrison. Yeah, Chris Harrison was really trying to, he was fighting for the show or um, yeah. well, he was the, just trying to be a bro. The but... one thing I don't get is nobody seems to hate Chris Harrison. Like, out of all this, you would think, because especially... Uh, my mom does. Oh, really? I'll just say that. Okay. Yeah, my mom hates Chris Harrison because he slept with contestants. Oh, really? You didn't know that? Uh uh-uh. uh Yes, Chris. He he's divorced because he was messing around with a variety of contestants from a variety of seasons. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, because like, well, also the thing is like he's put in the middle of such such tense situations. Like he loves it though. Yeah, well, he loves it, but the fact that none of them, out of all, like both sides, are like, yeah, Chris is like, Chris is my my bro. Like that's my my my. He homie. really is the ultimate player. Yeah, it's so true. I just don't so get anyway, how nobody hates him. Yeah. What what ultimately happens is Madison gets back with Peter, and that's kind of the end of things, except Barb. Mm-hmm. Barb is the one final obstacle before ending this season. So um, basically what happens is Barb is Team Hannah Ann, and she thinks that Madison is going to change her son. And it, because she thinks Madison is going to change her son from this activities of going to bars, well, I mean – He's getting married. Wouldn't you hope he would stop doing that anyway? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But he, she thinks, she says that he shouldn't be changed and she supports this activity. I mean, the dude still lives at home and he's like 30. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. a red flag that's a if the mom's like this flag. anyway. But then she she wants Hannah Ann and she's mad that he left Hannah Ann. She's mad that Madison, and she hates Madison. And, but ultimately, uh, Peter ends up breaking. Then, I assume Madison ended up leaving Peter. Yeah, they did. They announced. Later. Yeah, they announced their split yeah. like two days after the finale came through. So, so, all in all, this season, like it wasn't good because it was so predictable. You know what I mean? Like, if if you asked me at the beginning of the to be the prediction based on 
how like Peter might. We had yeah, we had this peg. Yeah, how per, Although Peter's personality. Although we thought Hannah Ann was the winner. We thought Hannah Ann was the winner, which she technically was. She technically was the winner. Yeah. So I guess we kind of had it right. But it was like Peter's just gonna try and play too much because also she mentioned that there were like unresolved things with Hannah B too. Yeah, like, apparently. I don't. So there were it, ultimately Peter's emotion. I don't even know what you call it, his emotion or just his like just got in the way of actually being able to pick a girl like you if you asked him he would genuinely say he was in love with like five different girls by i the think time. he was because he doesn't know what that means that's true that is a very good point because he lacks emotional maturity that's why we don't like peter that's why we don't like peter but i guess the bachelorette they're taking like a new spin on it like it's a bit older like the new bachelorette was from a couple seasons ago she's like mid to late 30s i think yeah, it'll be interesting to so see it'll how that be, goes. So it'll be a lot of, like, older guys. Maybe it'll be more mature. May, I'd hope so. I mean, that would be interesting. I hope, I hope it's less mature. That would be so fun. Well, that's true. It's good for it's good for TV, kind of. It's all relative, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you're going to get the same kind of people either way, so. Yeah. I wonder, I'm trying to think, maybe we should do this, like, since we're since we're on our hiatus, we should just review different things. If you like say hiatus one more time, I'm going to take a hiatus from the song called Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. Um, but maybe we should... Maybe with we should that do, hiatus. <laughs> yeah. We should do more stuff like this. I don't know. I don't even know if this... Yeah. No, I'm down. I don't even know well, who's... Well, I heard, like, pardon my take, they're going to start reviewing movies. Yeah. They, well, they started... They did Love is Blind. They they did a review for Love is Blind. Oh, jeez. We're not doing that. We're no, doing I, that. I tried watching two episodes of Love is Blind. It didn't work. I've been watching this... some Love Island, though. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I'm trying Love to think Island Australia season two. If there's anything else coming out recently, I don't know. We'll pick stuff. We'll figure it out. But before we let you go, I mean, obviously the Cowboys were busy in free agency, so I can't let you leave without without talking to you a little bit about what they've done. So they lost Byron well, Jones and yeah, Malik Collins, the... signed Gerald McCoy, re-signed Amari Cooper. Apparently the Redskins drove up the price on that. That was kind of funny. And then they tagged Dak Prescott. So I think that was I don't remember. There might have been some other. I thought, okay, I think that's sorry, you cut out for a second. But yes, Malik Collins, Byron Jones, Jeff Heath, um, Randall Cobb, and um, Jason Witten. Oh, yeah, Jason Witten's gone. Yeah, Jason Witten, Randall Cobb. All, and gone. almost all of those went to the Raiders. The Raiders bought our team. No, the Raiders literally have an entirely new defense with all the guys yeah. they put together. It's, it's crazy. They've bought everyone. But I think it's because Rob Marinelli, those kinds of things. So anyway, the way I view it is Malik Collins was a big loss. Oh, and Robert Quinn. Oh, yes, I totally forgot about that. Huge loss. That's a big loss. So we've still got 25 million cap space today, um, or just under, maybe 23 mil now. Uh, We re-signed a couple of guys today. Uh, We signed, as you mentioned, uh, Joe McCoy, who I'm very happy with. I think he's going to – we needed a run stopper. Our draft picks have not been working out at the defensive tackle position. So it'll be interesting to see um, how he fills in. And I would like for us to go after a corner either in the draft or free agency. Um, Other than that, I think – there's still a couple free agents on the table. I would like Chris Harris Jr. today, but he's gone. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know how things are going to pan out based on who's remaining. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, not a ton I've of. Been, I've been happy with their with their the re-signing of Amari, and I would like to and I would like to save some money here by not spending money that we don't need to. So I'm okay with it at this point, as long as we fill up the secondary a little bit somehow. Um, it's just tough to see a whole season of all this talent fumbled last year uh, going into a new season where we're going to have to build more depth on the roster. Yeah. And you know, um, and you know, uh, next year, whatever, like, cause I think Watson and Mahomes can sign their extensions this off season. So I would yeah. assume whatever they set the market at Dak's going to be 
just I mean, below a couple that. million behind, but not too far. So you need, you need to well, keep you need to keep some of it locked up. Exactly. I mean, that, and that's oh, I would I wouldn't mind using the rest of our money um, to give Deck a signing bonus or whatever, and you know, extrapolate that money out for the next five years. But I would hope that that we could pair him up with Amari for the similar contract length. I, I'm happy with signing him for five years. I'm so comfortable with that. So we'll see. Maybe he wants to take a shorter contract, prove it, and make more money after that market reset. But yeah, I don't, in, very, very interesting. A lot of moving pieces. A lot of guys to pay, which isn't a terrible problem to have, but you got to make sure no, you I mean, get the money. No, it's better than ones. having nobody to pay, but yeah, that's right. it's tough. I mean, well, then it's, you just do what the Dolphins and Raiders did and sign and buy everybody. Everyone. Yeah, buy everybody because that works out super well. Happens all the time with lots of success. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you, Hayden, for coming on, talking a little Bachelor, talking a little Cowboys for agency. Yeah, just let us know. Do you guys like this? I mean, I bet the people that came on to listen to the Bachelor recap have already clicked off by now. But if you haven't and you want to hear more stuff like that as we move through our break in uh, sports, let us know. And we'll we'll, we'll find some more uh, stuff. We'll I take was, suggestions. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of a really cool idea. We could pick because Game Pass and League Pass, like NFL and NBA, I are know, free now. Free. So we could we pick could a random games. We could pick a random year. A ran- and random teams and then just like piss, see who he thinks going to win I don't know I really don't know but like really random teams yeah exactly we'll, we'll we can't f- look it up yeah we'll figure it out but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week